Welcome to the Commonwealth Poetry Podcast. Where we celebrate poetry and the Commonwealth with people from across the Commonwealth. I'm Giles Brandreth. I'm Afra Brandreth. We're a father and daughter based in England in the UK. But each fortnight, together with the University of Chester, we're on an adventure around the Commonwealth. We're meeting fascinating people, hearing their stories, getting to know 56 amazing and diverse countries, and exploring it all through poetry. Where are we going exploring this week, Afra? This week, we're going to be finding out all about Malawi. It's a Southeast African country, which is bordered by Zambia, the United Republic of Tanzania, and Mozambique. It's a narrow, landlocked country, and in it you'll find Lake Malawi, which is the ninth largest lake in the world, and it actually stretches 350 miles from its northern to its southern tip. Lake Malawi accounts for about a third of the country's total area, and it's home to hundreds of fish species. According to my uh, Google research, that's more than any other lake on the planet. So it sounds pretty amazing. Dad, can you give us some of the facts and figures? Yeah, Malawi, population 19.1 million. That's according to the figures in 2022. Area 118,500 square kilometres, making it one of the smallest countries in Africa. The capital city is Lilongwe, joined the Commonwealth in 1964, following independence from Britain. Uh, We're delighted to be joined today by a renowned Malawian poet, and activist. He's author of poetry collections, one's called Moments to Cherish, another, this is a title that really intrigues me, I want to find more about this, A Lady in a Yellow Dress. His name is Tendai Shaba. Well, welcome to another episode of the Commonwealth Poetry Podcast. We're delighted to be joined today by Tendai Shaba. Tendai, I hope I've said your name correctly. Is is it a typical name from Malawi? Does it mean anything in particular? Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, It's an honor. So Tendai is a a Shona name. Uh, It's from Zimbabwe. It means to be thankful. And you, you you said it correctly, Tendai Shaba. But... In the north of Malawi, B-A is pronounced as Wa, so it's Shawa. And is that where you are in Malawi? Whereabouts in the country do you live? I am, I am in, the, in the capital city, the long way. You mentioned there, the Tendai, the Shona language. Can you tell us a little bit about the Shona language and the other languages that traditionally have been spoken in Malawi and what languages are spoken there now? Uh, Shona is is spoken in in Zimbabwe actually, so it's not Malawian. But talking about um, Malawian languages, we have we have Chichewa, which is the most common spoken language. We have Tumbuka uh, from the north. We have Yao in the south. We have Lomwe in the south, and we have Tonga up north as well. And several other languages. Uh, Malawi is is uh, is strong in terms of linguistics and, and culture, so it's very rich. Are these languages completely separate languages, or are they more like dialects, variations on the same language? No, they are pretty much separate. Like I said, Malawi is strong uh, in terms of linguistics and culture. So, uh, coming from the north. Uh, and the center and south, you find that there are several languages that are very different. 
And what language were you brought up in? What languages do you speak? What language do you think in and write in? Uh, as part of my identity, uh, the language that I'm you know, supposed to be speaking on a daily basis is the Tumbuka language, which is from the north, northern part of, of Malawi, and Chichewa, because Chichewa is the most common one. And would you write your poetry in those languages or do you tend to write in English? Because that's the official language of Malawi, but I appreciate that obviously it's not what people are necessarily speaking in homes across the country. Yeah, I'm very flexible. I can write in both the vernacular and in English. What school did you go to? What kind of school? I've been to both schools. I've been to private schools. I've gone to school in the village. I've, I've gone to school in the city. So it's... I think it's something that I cherish. I've experienced so much, you know, the best of both worlds, what um, certain environments can offer. I started writing at age 14, so that was in secondary school. So there I was exposed to a lot of uh, English literature and African literature, pretty much uh, all literature. But then when you have it in you, when you analyze these greats, the Shakespeare's, the Achebe's, all these other people. You start to think that, okay, maybe I can write something better or I could cover certain topics better. And you start to find your own voice and you start to address certain things that you're passionate about, which which I've been doing for, for over the years. I address certain things that I'm passionate about, things that are going on in the general society. And I offer the poetic voice. Can you give us some examples of that? Examples of some of the poems. Well, bo both examples of what you're passionate about, the things that you know, concern you, and maybe a poem illustrates that. Yeah. So as a as a poet, as and an activist, I've I think for the past five years I've tackled issues to do with gender based violence, uh, climate change. Uh, I've also advocated for safe motherhood. Unpack the phrase safe motherhood for me. What What is your particular concern there in the context of Malawi? Yes, yeah, so safe motherhood is is very big. You know, we, we want uh, all mothers, you know, to safely bring their, their, their babies into the world. But for the past five years, we've had a lot of maternity deaths which is very alarming. And it's also affected me and my family at one point. And it's a topic that I'm very passionate about. And I try to address as much as possible, you know, with uh, the, the people who are responsible for this and, and to ensure that safe motherhood is a reality and we decrease, you know, the death of, of, of expectant mothers. Last year, I think I'm right in saying you collaborated with the your former president of Malawi, uh, Dr. Joyce Bander, on a new poem uh, for International Women's Day, which I think was on the 8th. In fact, I know it's the 8th of March because it's my birthday, uh, which is why I always remember International Women's Day. Uh, what was that about? How did that come about? And, and what is that particular poem? Yes, uh, our former president, Her Excellency, is a, is a close friend of mine. And... If you follow her that much, that well, she's been an advocate for women and girls' empowerment for decades. So for me, it was an honor to be 
in that space with her, trying to address the current situation when it comes, you know, to, to equality and equity. So pretty much the poem addressed those areas. Maybe you can give us one of your poems now. Let me see. So I'm going to read something to you guys. For you guys. Um, this is Intichewa. So this one is uh, titled Uswampika. Kalero. Inagwa nchikwondi nditu. Mpaka na uolo. Kutsidi alapindi. Komalero. Takwela muzenji. Aliensiva ika alinde. Don't sit a baralika. Tafika po kuswampika. Mpaka kufika punye zani. Iwe guwape. Ine baka. Chikondi. Tika poguta. Chinalidi chikondi chaparamu. Osate janchiru zatu. Muntu vilinka mudziwa nditu. Poti anali opantima paka. Pano ni muntu jabe. Izina jabe. Inkobe jabe. Pano ndi chikumpuntima. Chikondi chakari. Mpepo yagari. Pano ni muntu wajilendu. Zafiga pamponda jimera. Zintu uzisizo kwa kamizi. Kapina kwa kamizi. Pano ndi kupampepo yuzazo. Nda masuga kumasu nda pepo gido. Dima mufunina za mwino zonzi. Ndipo mtima wanga udakali uofshiri wanga pitoni. Mpata udiposo uti ena ndiponi. That's the end. Well, I love the music that. What is the essence of its message? So this is... Um, this is addressing a relationship uh, that is, has, has ended. So it's two people who have separated. And Kuswampika, meaning that it's it's symbolic that something has been broken. So one one of them, or both of them, either heartbroken, and one of them is saying, okay, perhaps this wasn't meant to be, and we'll let it be. And there's room in my heart for someone else to love me. So it's pretty much a sad poem. You're very much into poems about relationships, because I know you also, one of your yes. previous collaborators was the Malawi uh, pop star, Dan Lu, known way beyond Malawi. And you did, I think, yes. a poem with Dan Lu called What I Need, which is, again, about the, the reciprocity of love. Am I right? Yes. Yes, very true. How, how did that come very about? True. How did that come about? Yes, uh, uh, he's an artist I admire as well. And one day we just decided to diffuse poetry and music. And like I said, uh, it's a topic that's very common these days and it needs to be addressed. And, and we did it. Yeah, pretty much that is it. It's self-explanatory. <laughs> Good. Does poetry speak to the people of Malawi. I say that because, from your account, you had quite a privileged upbringing, your father being a banker, having a good education. But whether, I don't know if this is true, you can correct me if it's not, on uh, looking up Malawi on the web, I read that it's one of the poorer countries in Africa, so that there must be, as it were, a great, maybe a great divide between the, the middle class and the poorer people. Does poetry reach everybody across Malawi? Uh, to be honest, um, it's it's an art form that we've, we've been building for years. And Malawi, like I said, like most 
African countries uh, we have strong linguistic and cultural diversity. So it's something that's been there for years and years. And we find that we are blessed with so many vernacular poets, both written and spoken. And across all levels, you find that poetry is there. You go to primary schools there, you go to secondary schools there, you go to colleges there. So it's something that, that is rich. But it's only uh, in recent times where commercial poets like myself, we are, you know, taking the game to a higher level, you know, trying to engage, uh, you know, policymakers, you know, we're trying to get some of the, the new books we're writing into the Malawi education syllabus. So that is the way forward. And, and that's how we're going to, you know, change the scenario pretty much. Who are the Malawian poets or writers that we should have heard of or that, you know, if our listeners want to find out more, who should they look up? I can say writers uh, because there's some writers, Malawian writers I admire. For instance, from the old days, we have a gentleman called uh, David Rubadiri from, from the 1960s, somewhere there. And then we have... Uh, writers, but who express themselves more as musicians. We have uh, the late Everson Matafarin, who was a musician and a writer. And one person I had the privilege of meeting was Deveji Wambali Kandaria. So these are some of uh, the people I admire. And when it comes to social commentary, they really did their best you know, to tackle a lot of... Uh, general society issues. And as we speak today, these are absolute legends. People still adore their work. And pretty much what I'm trying to do these days is I draw inspiration from those guys so that my work is also impactful. You see what I mean? So yes, the, the journey still continues. We'd love to hear another poem, I think. Yes, very much so. Yeah, definitely. Let's do that. So let me do a piece. Um, this is probably the most famous spoken words in Malawi. Uh, this is uh, titled, Oh God Bless Our Land of Malawi. So this was written by Paul Michael Castelga in 1964. And this poem was later adopted as a nationality for Malawi. 1964 is when uh, Malawi achieved independence from Britain and, and joined the Commonwealth. So that's the significance of that year. Yes, absolutely. So in Chichewa, this one is called Mlungu Daritani Malawi, which is all oh God bless our land of Malawi. So it goes like this. I'll just read a piece of it. God bless our land of Malawi. Keep it a land of peace. Put down each and every enemy. Hunger disease and envy. Join together all our hearts as one, that we be free from fear. Bless our leader, each and every one, and Mother Malawi. Is there a sense in Malawi, because of course Malawi has been part of many countries in a sense, I mean, Malawi has been there, you know, for a thousand years. There's the culture and history of Malawi. I know the Europeans then came, and I think the British were there from the 1890s until 1964. And then there was 
when I was growing up, Malawi was part of what I think we called Nyasaland. Uh, and then there yes. was Rhodesia and Nyasaland, and then all that changed, and Malawi eventually emerged. But do the people in Malawi have a strong sense of Malawi identity, or do they feel that they are part of, uh, is their identity more tribal, connected with the part of Malawi they come from, and the language they speak, or is there a sense of, we are people from Malawi? Yes. Uh, it's there strongly, because I think... We are a very proud people. We are very proud of of where we're coming from, and uh, our education, our upbringing, and you find that uh, our villages play a key role in terms of our identity, where we come from. Like I said, I'm proudly from the north of Malawi. I'm proudly Tumbuka. Our president is Chewa, proudly Chewa, mm -hmm. and. You, you go you go anywhere, the North, Central, and South, people are so proud of where they come from. Many of the, the African countries, the poets we've spoken to, nature is very much part of, of their poetry. But clearly, the poetry that you are writing is more to do with activism. It's more political with a small p. Uh, and yet, yeah. does, does nature impact on other writers? I mean, I know... Lake Malawi, which I have heard of, is home to hundreds of yeah. fish species, for example. I think more it than is. any other lake on Earth. Does that, it is. Is that reflect it in the writings of other, other poets? We are known as the warm heart of Africa. And that stems from the fact that, of course, uh, Malawi is known for warm temperatures and the beautiful scenery. The beauty of it is you know, there's always that expression of how beautiful Malawi is. It's not only through poetry. You find that through any other work of art, you know, these artists, they always try, you know, to put Malawi in the spotlight, which is very beautiful. You look at music, you look at uh, crafts, you look at movies. You know, all, all these art forms are there, you know, to push that Malawi message that we are a warm-hearted people. What you're so blessed in that we aren't in the United Kingdom is you have sunshine and you have color. Yeah, we do, we do. And, yeah. and, I, and I note that your latest collection of poems is called A Lady in a Yellow Dress. And I think, uh, I mean, obviously the color yellow is associated with sunshine and with happiness. Please unpack the title, A Lady in a Yellow Dress, and tell us more about this collection, why, why it's called that. So A Lady in a Yellow Dress, pretty much... It uh, it covers, you know, the the, the topic of, of healing, be it emotional healing, physical healing, and spiritual healing. So, as you said, rightly said, the color yellow is often associated with sunshine and happiness. So, the the key theme for the book is to to inspire people in in, in those moments where they feel down, and they can refer to the book. You know, for a little motivation, for a little inspiration. And why the lady? Uh, we're tapping into the feminine qualities of the lady because men and women are different. There's a reason why God separated masculinity and femininity. So with this book, we're tapping into uh, that femininity because we want to, to see how women react to certain things. 
So it draws a lot of inspiration from that. And happily, the reviews have been great. It's also been doing well in the UK, thankfully. And you guys need to get your copies. <laughs> we will. We should order them now. Yes. Well, I mean, I love the idea of um, a, a book of poems that, where positivity is what it's all about. In in this in the UK and indeed internationally, I run a project called Poetry Together, where we get young people, uh, children, school children, aged you know anything from five to eighteen, and older people, people in their seventies, eighties, and nineties, to learn poems by heart and to come together, the older generation and the young generation, to perform their poems together. But this year we also had a poetry competition, and we asked people to write poems on the theme of happiness. Uh, and there, there were some wonderful and inspiring uh, poems written. And you're right, color, sunshine, looking up and out, clear blue skies, that's that, that's that's important. So we must all get copies of Lady in a Yellow Dress. You, told, you mentioned there what your first collection was called. What was that called, the first collection of poems? Uh, the first book, Mama's, Mama's to Cherish, yes. That was in 2020, when COVID was, was a menace. Uh, you spoke at the beginning of the rich cultural heritage of Malawi going back centuries. For you, are there what are the elements of that that still speak to you? Is there from earlier years theater or music or uh, visual art that you can still see and touch and, and mean something to, to you personally? Unfortunately, there isn't much. What I've loved if there was a lot of, um, what's the word, uh, preservation? Conservation, I don't know, either, both of those. And and we are trying with the poetry to uh, to to come up to, to keep that history going so that people are still well knowledgeable of where we're coming from. But in terms of oral traditions, they're still there in the villages. You find the elderly are still, you know, talking to you know to the young ones still uh, giving them, you know, important information that they can carry, you know, on their daily lives. And uh, another thing is arts and crafts. It's very big. You find these at the airports, you know, like museums. They're pretty, still pretty big. But then I, I would have loved uh, more to be done in terms of telling uh, part of our history. For instance, there's a certain gentleman called John Chilambo. You'd be surprised. There's nothing that has been produced apart from the statue in the UK. I think the statue in the UK. But most people still don't know who, who this John Chilambo is, what he contributed to now. Why did we celebrate his life? So I would love for more work to be done, keeping our history so that people... Is there one more poem of yours that you would yeah. like to share with us that yeah. you think it gives us the the essence of, ah, okay. of of your work? Okay, so this piece is called "I Am a Strong Woman Still." It's from my new book, "A Lady in a Yellow Dress." When she said, "Being a strong woman can be tiring," I felt that I'm sending you hugs. She then said, hugs aren't enough. 
I need to be under an umbrella of hope to ensure the security of my thoughts and feelings. I need a shield against self-doubt. I need my peace and sanity. I need my comfort and stability. In those moments when fear creeps in, when I become anxious and cry myself to sleep, the source of my strength is deep, but sometimes I feel weak. Being a strong woman can be tiring, but I keep going, I keep moving. My strength is real because God gives me strength. I am a strong woman still. Thank you. That's very powerful stuff. I love the phrase, an umbrella of hope. Uh, you are the Malawi poet that I've encountered. Um, and I can't wait to come to Malawi to meet all those fishes and the odd elephant and to be taken by you. Be fantastic. Afra, is there anything else we need to ask the great man? I think that's everything. It's been great to meet you, Tendai. Thank you so much. I look forward to um, hopping onto Amazon or I'm sure probably in some of your local bookstores too to find your uh, latest poetry yes. collection. Thank you. Definitely. Yeah. I'm very happy we, we did this. Keep up the good work. I'm a fan of the show. Great. Well, we're a fan of yours. Thank you very much indeed, Tendai. That's it for this podcast. Our thanks to Tendai Shaba, who chose to read. Well, he chose to read a, a poem which he read in Chichua, which is one of the languages of Malawi, uh, addressing a relationship that had recently ended. He also read the national anthem for Malawi, Oh God Bless Our Land of Malawi, by Michael Frederick Paul Sauka, and a poem from his recent collection, A Lady in a Yellow Dress, called I Am a Strong Woman Still. He's a fascinating character. We're very lucky in the Commonwealth Poetry Podcast. It's so, every fortnight, it is so varied. The people we meet, their experience, the kind of poetry they write, their, the kind of poetry that they enjoy. Fascinating. Anyway, I just love it. So do join us when we'll be next time in another Commonwealth country with more poetry from the Commonwealth. The Commonwealth Poetry Podcast is presented by Giles Brandreth and Afra Brandreth and produced by the University of Chester. Our special thanks to them and to the Royal Commonwealth Society. And most of all, to you, wherever you happen to be in the world listening to this, we are very proud that the Commonwealth Poetry Podcast is listened to in not just the 56 countries of the Commonwealth, but in at least, well, 70, I think, seven, the last count, countries around the world. So wherever you are, enjoy your poetry, and please spread the word about the Commonwealth Poetry Podcast. <laughs>